welcome back to the Food Freedom Simplified podcast. I am your coach, Michelle. And I am your coach, Charlotte. And today is juicy. We have got three really juicy questions to get into around fitness and nutrition, two around nutrition, one around fitness. Uh, And we are, I'm excited about these questions, but without any further Mm. ado, let's get into it. Yes. And side note, I am very hyper this evening. Don't know why. So God knows what I'm going to be like on this podcast. So enjoy. (laughs) I I imagine it's probably just going to be your voice and not mine so much, which is actually (laughs) unusual because normally I talk way too much. To be fair, we both talk way too much. We like talking. Um, Okay. So I'm going to kick it off with a fitness question. And I I don't know about you, Charlotte, but I get asked Mm. this quite a lot. And I think it's because people focus so much on exactly what they're doing in the gym and don't actually understand why their PT or their fitness coach yeah. or whoever it is has actually set them the workouts to do or set them the exercises to do. So hopefully we're going to myth bust a few things for you today. But basically the questions are, there's three or four worded very differently, but they basically mean the same thing. So my gym instructor has set me a program for six weeks, which I have to follow. After the six weeks, every single time they change it, why do they keep changing it? And is that the best thing to do? I've read stuff on the internet and I'm really confused. So I'm going to kick off with this one. So mm-hmm. personally, this is not something that I agree with. You do not need to change a gym workout every single six weeks. To be fair, for some of my clients have been with me for like 18 months and I've never changed their gym workout. The reason people do it and the reason PTs do it is to keep you interested, to keep you thinking, oh, well, I must be progressing because they keep changing my workouts. There are only so many parts of your body, okay? There's only (laughs) one bicep. There's actually two, but there's only a bicep muscle. There is only a tricep muscle. There is only a quad, a hamstring. Like, there's only certain moves, certain Mm -hmm. exercises that you can do that are the best for them, okay? So if you're thinking about your glutes and your quads, if you want toned legs, you want a toned bottom, generally squats and deadlifts are going to do it for you. So you can call them whatever you want. You can call them RDLs. You can call them sumo squats. You can call them whatever you want. Just but a the basic, yeah, exactly. The basic principles are: you need to do seven different moves in a workout continuously. You need to progressively overload if you want to build that muscle and if you want to get that muscle definition. It's not a case of changing a workout. It's a case of pushing yourself and never feeling like you're staying in your comfort zone. Never feeling like you're that was easy. Never feeling like coming out of a workout going, oh, I smashed that. That was way easy. It's about coming out of it and going, oh my God, I totally smashed that. I've got seven new PVs and I feel incredible. Now, from a woman's perspective, things change around different times of the month. And this is a talk I did recently, actually, at one of the local gyms. They asked me to go in and talk about nutrition. And it's important about nutrition, but it's also important about your fitness. And it's about understanding that you can push at certain times of the month and there's actually certain times of the month that you should rein it back a bit yeah and just on that as well like there was a thing where people were like oh well on the week leading up to your period you're going to be stronger and the week of your period you're going to be weaker actually what the research is now showing is that that week of being stronger and that week of feeling slightly weaker is different for every person Mm -hmm. like I know for me the week leading up to my period I feel stronger but actually for the a woman next to me that might be completely different so I think like you were saying Michelle it's really important to figure out how your body reacts when you're due on 
and how your body responds to things and then adapt your training and your nutrition and all of that sort of stuff based on how you are does that make sense yeah totally and and I and I literally exactly agree there are it's a bit like your cycle is 28 days yes Mm. for the majority of people it is 28 days but not for everybody some people it might be some people it might be 32 some people it might be 54 it but it depends on you and it's exactly the same so I have a a client that she is the only person I've ever met but during her menstruation so while she's actually menstruating she is so strong it's like she turns into the Hulk so she's (laughs) she's literally super strong in that week and we make sure that we always have two sessions planned for her two heavy sessions planned for her that week at opposite ends of the week um because it's a really good time to have that feel good, push those PBs and work with your body, not work against it. Yeah. But likewise, the week before she focuses on Pilates, on stretches, on mobility, because we know that, you know, she's building up ready for some big sessions. So it is generally working with yourself. And it's also making sure that if you go to the gym with somebody that they understand that, because yeah. if last week you did 80 kgs and they're like, yeah, come on, let's smash it. Let's do 85 this week, because actually it's an optimum time for them. But for you, you're like, okay, well, all right, maybe I should, yeah, all right, let's, let's try, but actually, you know, deep down that this is not the time for you to be doing that, you need to tell them, you need to be open and honest with them, not shy away from it. And like, on that as well, like, whether you work with Michelle or I, or whether you work with a different coach, like, make sure your coach knows where you're at in your cycle, because that's Mm -hmm. going to be so important, like, every single week in my check-ins, one of my questions is, what day of the cycle, what day of your cycle are you on, because then that's going to give me such a bigger picture, um, when it comes to everything, so make sure your coach knows, like, oh, this is where I'm at, and, you know, if you have a male coach, like, don't be afraid to talk about it with them, because ultimately, if they're working with women, then they need to get over the fact that people have periods, like do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and a lot of them you know will work with 80 90 percent women yeah they do work with men so they're used to being asked these questions and I think although this subject is about fitness not about menstruation it's important to know that around that time that you that your body is actually working harder mm-hmm. and you do need a little bit more calories it doesn't mean you need a big mac and it doesn't mean you need a milkshake, but your body generally is working harder. So if you're more hungry, listen for those cues, listen to what your body's asking for. Yeah. And just on the subject of like how often you should change your tra- training program, like I'm very much on the same kind of line as Michelle in terms of actually, we don't need to change your training program that often. Yes, if you get bored with it, maybe we look at different adaptations. But the most important thing is that you're progressing, whether that's slowing down the tempo, up in the weights, because that's going to get you that toned look that you want. Because when we talk about being toned, what we mean is losing a little bit of body fat and having more muscle definition. And the way that you're going to get that is not through doing a thigh busting workout or a belly burning workout, because they're a (laughs) load of crap. It's through doing those compound movements, like your squats, your deadlifts, all of that sort of stuff, week in, week out and progressing. And yeah, it can be a little bit boring sometimes, but that ultimately is what's going to get you the result that you want. Yeah, exactly. And and as much as you, from a mental health point of view, you need to enjoy what you're doing, you need to enjoy mm-hmm. the fitness that you're doing, but it might be a case of do that workout that you know you've got planned, but then follow up with a yoga session or follow it up with a hardcore hit workout, depending on what you need and what your body wants. I know 
for me, when I've got loads of energy, I love, love, love a hardcore hit session. But mm-hmm. I will always make sure that I do the hit session before I do the heavy weighted workout. There's oh, loads okay. of that's interesting because I know, yeah, I don't because I like being going into a weighted workout feeling pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's lots of conflicting information whether you should do cardio before or after weights. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think if you're going to do it, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference, especially if you're not in a competing stage. If if yeah. you're an athlete. Yeah. or you're competing or you're going in for bikini modeling right. you're trying to get your body down to a certain percentage then uh, body fat percentage then you know that's something you need to focus on but for that general average joe it doesn't yeah. make a huge amount of difference and like to me that just goes to show again how having a cookie cutter plan doesn't work because although me and michelle are both coaches naturally funnily enough we both did our personal training qualification to the same company yeah so we were taught the same thing we still go actually you know what for me doing my strength stuff so my weight stuff and then doing my cardio stuff works better for me but actually for Michelle it's the way around like it is down to personal preference and yes it's down to your goals but if you're going for what most of the general population are going for which is that more kind of toned look rather than trying to get you know the heaviest lift you possibly can and doing one rep maxes and all that sort of stuff then it doesn't really matter which way around you do it um just personal preference in it yeah totally um okay question number two we have got uh am i looking at calories the wrong way i am not losing weight i'm eating in a deficit and i don't understand what i'm doing wrong please help okay so eating in a deficit remind me the question eating a deficit but uh am i looking at calories the wrong way i'm eating in a deficit Uh, i'm consistently eating in a deficit and i'm not losing weight please help okay first question how do you know you're consistently in a deficit um it's my I'm assuming question. they're tracking for the sake of argument let's let's assume they're tracking yeah if you are not losing weight um it depends what you're measuring it depends whether you're measuring weight as like scale weight um in which case look at what sort of exercise you're doing that's not to say stop doing exercise at all um but if you are if you started a new exercise r- routine and maybe that includes more weight maybe you're holding a little bit more water because there's a little bit more inflammation so it could be that the scales have gone up that way, but ultimately that will come back down. Um, if you are weighing in, depending on what your relationship is with the scales, I tend to go down a way every day and take an average because that way you can start to, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, detach yourself from that number because you can see just how much it fluctuates. Like my weight fluctuates between two to four kilograms every single day. And if I just weighed in every once a week, like, I could see an increase of 2kg and be like, oh, for God's sake. Um, But actually, if I look at it over the week, it's still trending downwards, which depending on what your goal is, then that's what you want to see. Yeah, Um, that would be the first thing for me. Um, The other thing is like, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I would say a lot of people expect, like, (laughs) we are people that want stuff super quick. So I would probably say, you say you've consistently been in a deficit. Awesome. Like, well done. That's because it's it's hard to consistently be in a deficit. But how long for for a week for two weeks for three months like how long have you actually been in that deficit and how do you know that deficit is for you yeah so if you've just gone onto google and you've gone what's my calorie deficit and it said your height your weight and your sex the likelihood is you probably haven't got the right deficit and you may, you might need to relook at that so please reach out to one of us and we will happily quickly crunch the numbers and get you some more information and also on that like you may have got a 
a number from Google number one is trial and error that not that number may not be the right number for you mm-hmm. um, especially if you have things like PCOS um, because although you absolutely can still lose weight having PCOS, PCOS it could be that your metabolic rate is slightly lower than what Google says um, that's not to say cut your calories drastically low at all like reach out to me or Michelle um, we both have experience of working with people with PCOS we, we both only work with women so reach out to us and like Michelle says we can crunch some numbers for you and see what might be going wrong for you because ultimately as horrible as it sounds you may not be in a calorie deficit um or you may be in a calorie deficit but losing inches so it just depends um also so for those that don't know PCOS is um, polycystic ovaries and also if you have an underactive or overactive thyroid you may Mm -hmm. also fall into a discrepancy area yeah yeah which is why Dr Google is never a good idea (laughs) so um yeah you've got a few takeaways there to have a think about in terms of why you feel like you're not losing weight and what you could do to move forward so hopefully that's answered your question if you're listening to this and you think oh my god that's me as well like by all means pop michelle or, or me a message and we can dig a little bit deeper and find out what's going on for you we have got one more question so this one is also on nutrition um, this is actually something that will resonate with probably quite a few of you. This is definitely, definitely something I used to do. And I didn't really understand why when I stopped doing it, it didn't help me. So the question is critical here. Um, I've reached a stumbling block. I've stopped snacking between my meals, but for some reason, I'm still not losing weight. I've increased my activity level. I really have stopped snacking, but and I'm only eating three meals why am I not losing weight mm. who wants to kick this off I've got a few pointers um, so this is something that I did so I stopped snacking um but the thing that I actually didn't understand at the time and the thing a lot of my clients and they come to me oh I eat really healthy I eat really healthy do you though so mm. when you're looking at your portion size you're eating three meals a day which is cool and you're not snacking in between but that's not the problem your problem yeah. is that you don't understand what you're eating when you are eating Mm -hmm. so there's three meals that you're having what are you having so if for breakfast you're having something really sensible really what you would call really healthy maybe some fruit maybe a bit of muesli and then for lunch maybe you're having a salad because people tend to go for that or couscous and tuna and then for dinner you're having a roast every night okay so when you're telling somebody or something like a roast for example yeah when you're telling somebody they're like oh I don't understand because that's really healthy. Why are you not losing weight? But when you dig deeper into it, you're having half a box of granola for breakfast. Well, that's probably your entire calories in one sitting. Mm. Um, There's a lot of sugar, a lot of fat. Yes, some healthy fats, but you could eat so much healthy food every single day, but still go over your calories. Uh, You could eat, you know, 20 chicken breasts a day and you could have the most protein consumption. You will be the most constipated person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you will probably hate chicken and completely go off of it for the rest of your life. But the point is you can still overeat, but just on healthy Mm -hmm. stuff, which is probably exactly what Charlotte's going to say. But you can also look at like, it's not just on the surface, what you're eating. It's what actually is on your plate. What Mm -hmm. does it look like? Yeah. And I think there's a common thing, isn't it? And you know what? This is not if, if you kind of fall victim to this, this is not your fault. This is marketing because p- people like Kellogg's will put a healthy label on granola 
And then it's really difficult for someone who doesn't understand nutritional labels and doesn't understand things like that to know that actually that's probably not the healthiest option. And just be, um, and on the kind of thing of say an avocado or a piece of salmon, for example, we know that a piece of salmon or some avocado is is healthy for you. There's some nutritional benefit to that, but just because something has a nutritional benefit doesn't mean it's low calorie. And just because something is low calorie doesn't mean it's healthy. And it's having that differentiation between, oh, well, I eat really healthily. Okay, cool. But things like avocado, nuts, salmon, all of that sort of stuff is actually quite high in calories. And it's really, really important to incorporate into our diet. But unless we understand what our plate and what our food is made up of, then it's really difficult to understand what we're eating. And I think depending on where you are in your journey, that part is so important. And it's the part that, well, it's one of the parts that things like Slimming World don't teach because they teach you. (laughs) This is the thing. And I say this from experience, not just from someone that's bashing Slimming World, but like, you know, (laughs) they teach you that an avocado has nine sins, but they don't teach you the benefits of that avocado. So there's so many things that, you don't end up learning because you just look at the lower calorie stuff like a Muller light rather than looking at the health benefit, but also the calorie content so that you can understand what you're consuming and you can understand how to make meals yourself that still fit within that calorie deficit. It's a long winded yeah. way of saying the similar sort of thing to you. <laughs> and also, lots, so I got asked this question. So one of my, when my clients get to a certain stage in their program, I send them uh, loads of things. Okay, as as it goes on so that I educate them throughout each program. Mm. But one of the things I send them is about protein. And it's a video where I am explaining loads and loads about protein. And one of the things I say, which people have picked up on, eight times out of 10, they message me afterwards once they've watched it. And they will say, why are you telling me that I don't need to eat low-fat yogurt? I've Mm. always opted for low-fat yogurt. And actually, it all comes down to the fact of making a yogurt low-fat takes Mm. out so much of the benefit of it it takes out so much of the protein content it takes out so much of the good fat so you're going to have a low fat yogurt but you're then going to follow up with a chocolate bar Mm. like like understand what you're eating and why you're eating it so rather go for a full fat yogurt get the nutrition get the creaminess enjoy it so that you're not then searching for something else after it the only time i'd say that would probably be different is like and again, this comes down to the individual. So I use 0%, um, is it Faye, Farge? I never know how to pronounce it. Because yeah. I know that out of a lot of the low-fat yogurts, that's one that actually doesn't have any added sugar and is still quite a good, I hate using the word good, but it's still quite a decent option to yeah. go for. And sometimes I will choose lower-fat alternatives, like with cheese and stuff like that, so I can have more of it. And that's where it comes into kind of, for me volume eating because I know that I'm a visual person so if I can see that I've got a lot of volume on my plate even though it's lower calorie that's going to satisfy me more than having a tiny bit of maybe lasagna that's six seven hundred calories um so it depends on how you are you know and it's mixing up and having a little bit of both and figuring out whether you know volume works for you especially in the first few weeks when you're in a deficit like that's when you're going to feel a little bit hungry so focusing on volume foods and so it looks like you've got a lot of lot of food on your plate really helps yeah and and it is we eat, we do eat with our eyes so yeah. try and make your plate not look bland so everything yeah. on your plate needs to look colorful the more color you have on your plate the more vitamins and minerals you're eating as a general rule obviously if you've got a plate full of skittles 
a little bit different. Um, but <laughs> where did that come from? I, like, think, I'm just <laughs> I think about eating the rainbow, and I just think about the rainbow. The, <laughs> eat the rainbow, taste the rainbow. Um, oh, <laughs> she says while drinking a glass of wine. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of wine, so I can't really talk. Can I balance? It's, fine. It's fine. It's red. It's got loads of micronutrients. <laughs> no, do not take that. That is not. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. Okay, guys, there's loads of takeaways from that. So we've spoken about fitness. We've spoken about menstrual cycle. We've spoken about nutrition. We both literally love to talk about nutrition. Um, We've given you loads of hints and tips as to what to do in certain situations, whether that is cutting out snacks and focusing on what you're eating, while you're eating it. Also looking at that calorie deficit. If you are concerned or worried or skeptical, we get asked this literally Mm. like so many times a day. We get DMs saying, am I eating the right amount? I'm eating 1,600 calories. And we're like, we don't know because it, it's not in context. 1,600 calories might be right for you. Um, but reach out, still ask us those questions because we will just come back to you with more questions so we can <laughs> get to some answers for you. But guys, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for listening once again. And I just want to quickly touch on the fact that um, all of those questions but also a lot of other questions, a lot of more, a lot more kind of in-depth topics um, that we get asked and that our clients use and need, we will be delving into um, within our Commit to You group coaching program. And we are currently running the five-day free mind and body upgrade, but doors will open for the last time this year to our Commit to You group coaching program, which is a six-week group coaching program where you get the support of not one, but two coaches. So you get both Michelle and myself, and you also get the support of the group as well. So I'm going to leave the link to some more info in the description box for you. Um, And I'll also leave the link to Michelle and my Instagram. So if you want to pop us any questions, if you want to have a nosy over there in terms of what else we talk about, what else we do, then always um, click on that link and have a nosy over there too. Amazing. And we both have new recipes and all sorts that come out. I know this time of year, we've got loads of cool, fancy stuff coming out. I know, Charlotte, you release recipes every Friday as well. So guys, go over and check them out. (laughs) Go over and check them out and we will catch you on the next one.